0: Hello and welcome to Dairy Defined. It's over, but we've only just begun. USDA's federal milk marketing order hearing has concluded after 49 hearing days and about 12,000 pages of testimony. Joining us today is the record holder for most time on the stand, NMPF economist Dr. Peter Vitaliano, and colleague economist Stephen Kane, who was integral to the development and defense of NMPF's position. But we're not here to tell war stories. This is about the future. Where do dairy farmers stand in what's now been a three-year process toward modernization? What happens next? Thank you for joining us, Peter and Stephen. Thanks for having us.
1: Glad to be here.
0: Peter, you let off testimony on every one of NMPS federal order proposals. Now that the hearing is over, where do they stand?
1: Well, five proposals to be specific. And since we initiated the hearing, the hearing was organized in general areas of, along the same lines as those five proposals we put in, including some rebuttals, arguing for exactly the opposite that, that we wanted, and some related things. The first uh, three were had to do with the manufacturing prices, uh, class three and class four formulas, and the last two were class, basically class one issues, the class one mover that everybody knows about, and the class one differential surface we feel that we made we presented a very good hearing record half the room was full of basically usda related people we watched them closely for their body language and other things although we're under ex parte as you know where communications between usda and the industry are very limited just to procedural things i'd say i'm very comfortable that we're going to get uh, a decision that our members will be able to live
0: members will be able to live with. That doesn't sound like the ringing endorsement that NNPF is going to get everything that it wants.
1: Well, no, nobody at the hearing is going to get everything they want. That's, that's pretty clear. USDA is going to give each party, each of the, particularly each of the major parties uh, a little something we will be the, the final result will be a market improvement over what we have now. Federal order pricing formulas, which is the only thing this whole hearing was about, uh, have basically uh, maintained, by and large, a, a fixed structure of the dairy industry. And over the 25 years years or so that those formulas have been in effect, the industry has changed considerably. The formulas are now increasingly out of step with what the industry looks like. Our proposals are to bring it back up to Uh, bring those formulas up to match where the industry is now and where it will be going forward.
0: One of the main points in this hearing, and you're talking about moving forward, but but a big part of our proposal is kind of moving back to the future. And I'm talking about the class one mover. You know, we've seen a call from the American Farm Bureau Federation for USDA to essentially accept NMPF's proposal, which is returning to the higher of calculation in terms of class one milk pricing. I'm interested in your thoughts as far as the importance of the mover to the proposals and just in general, what is the importance of these proposals to dairy farmers? The class
1: one mover, the big issue that we have with it, with the current class one mover, is that producers are losing money with the change. That was not expected but the ind- again, the industry has changed in ways that even surprised some of us. The current mover has clearly loses money for dairy farmers. That has not been in dispute at the hearing. The processors have come up with a proposal that on paper would not cost producers any money. It would make up for any income losses, but in a very cumbersome fashion. National Milk is basically saying we need to restore the former higher up proposal. There's lots and lots of producer support for that all around the country. And that's what we're looking for. The processors have put up a very, very strong argument that they need some sort of average-based mover to in order to uh, do risk management on class one fluid milk product uh, prices, uh, particularly for extended shelf life products that are uh, growing in importance. Again, we're not going to be sure exactly where the USDA is going to come out until we see the, the recommended decisions this summer. Uh, but they say we feel very comfortable about it, but it's but we're not overly confident until we can see what's, what's going to finally come out.
0: Noting that there are some strong arguments, but we're backing NNPF's argument. Why is NNPF right and the other guy's wrong?
1: NMPF is right because USDA, we're basically, we went back to USDA's original argumentation for the higher-of uh, mover back at the time of federal order reform. And those, contrary to most of the other formulas uh, that we are proposing updates and modernization for, USDA's arguments for the, maintaining the higher-of as a class one mover are still valid, still totally valid. So a good part of our proposal and our, our argumentation for our proposal was to basically reiterate the reasons USDA gave for choosing the higher of back at the time of federal order reform. We, we have a very strong argument for that. In the meantime, it is undeniable that risk management has become more important for the dairy industry as prices have become more volatile. And the processors are hanging their argument on the importance of risk management and the necessity for keeping some version of an average of base mover in order to facilitate risk management. There are two very important constituents of the U.S. dairy industry, producers or processors. We, we are not dismissing the arguments. I mean, we are posing the arguments of the other side, but we're not dismissing the importance of them. In the end, though, it is dairy farmers who vote for the orders?
0: I want to bring Stephen Kane into this because Stephen, you were watching hours and hours and hours of this testimony, understanding on this class one mover issue that there is the argument to be made on risk management. Do we actually know if if processors are actually using this for risk management the the way that that they're claiming in terms of its importance? So we've had some processors
2: that testified uh, that they were. The class one mover change to the, you know, the average of plus 74 cents has been in place for several years at this point. Um, if this was such a dire, desperate need, as some of the processors have testified to throughout this hearing, I think we would have seen more of this take place than we've seen thus far. You know, we've had a few here and there testify to uh, using some hedging to uh, mitigate the risk on class one products, um, but not quite to the extent as you would expect if this was such a dire need. So some are, but, um, you know, we're, to Peter's point, you know, the, it's growing importance for extended shelf life products. Um, we'll see some more production of those moving forward. I think it's more important for those rather than um, you know, the HTST products that uh, we're using today, mostly for fluid milk consumption. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, they made some good arguments to Peter's point. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the federal water system is here to protect producers. And I think uh, I've got full faith in the USDA that they're going to recognize that, understand that, and come up with a package that uh, continues to support producers.
0: One fact that we do know is, is that because of the change in this mover, that's a, a lost income opportunity for dairy farmers that appears to be around $1.2 billion and counting right now. Um, We also know that um, even if you have some of these processor proposals on where you have formulas that could potentially adjust in ways that farmers would eventually be compensated years after the fact for for what would be losses to the formula now, that doesn't necessarily keep the dairy farm in business while they're waiting for that reimbursement. It just seems like some of these proposals from the processor side, it, it frankly just seems to be about money. The
1: class one movers where, as you say, um, shortfalls may be made up years later. If you look at them closely or not even that closely, they're, um, they are inconsistent with the fundamental purposes of the order program, which is to, to um, promote orderly marketing and to assure an adequate supply of class one milk for fluid use. And we stuck to that fundamental argument throughout the process. And were able to, I thought effectively, score points against the positions that the uh, that the other side was taking as inconsistent with those fundamental principles of operating the order system
0: Stephen what did you learn about our system and different approaches on federal orders and, and what do you think USDA is hearing overall after 49 days of listening to different contending interests talking about how they think the world should be different
2: yeah it's a fair point you no know, we had five proposals there were 22. Um, So there are a lot of differing opinions on how the order should be updated. Um, And opposition groups did a good job at laying out their case as best they could. You know, and at the end of the day, the industry needs both producers and processors. So at some point, we're going to have to find some common ground. Um, But really what makes, I think the point was made earlier, uh, Alan, that, you know, this seems like it's all about price. And that's effectively what makes most of the processor points kind of difficult to swallow is that they're so blatantly against anything that's going to raise prices. Um, and that's really, I think, what separates national books proposals from uh, processor groups is more of our holistic approach. You can't look at the federal work system, having not been a- updated in 20 years, and and not address all facets of the industry, right? You can't say in good faith that class one differentials need to be updated because costs have gone up, without also conceding the fact that make allowances need to go up for the same reason. Um, you know, so we took that holistic approach that you know, is gonna help move the industry forward together, um, where you know, the opposition groups really argue for policies that would lower milk prices and ultimately farmers' milk checks. Um, so yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the USDA understands all of these things. I think they're gonna look at this and make the best decision possible help put the federal orders in a position that helps the industry operate more effectively today.
1: Except for the make allowance issue, which would reduce prices, at least uh, temporarily, which National Milk did not fully oppose. We just um, are insisting that uh, that we need mandatory cost studies, which is a provision that's in the Farm Bill, before we can really um, be comfortable adjusting those bank allowances down to four decimal places of a dollar uh, the way they always have been uh, in, in the formulas. But in everything else, the, um, anything that would increase prices, the opposition basically said uh, the way things were in federal order reform is still working. So in that sense, they were basically taking in a what, what we might call an originalist position the original federal order reform still should work. And we were arguing just the opposite.
0: Peter, you were talking about the process earlier. Um, where do we go from here? What keeps you and NMPF busy these days?
1: Well, we have a time. Uh, we're, we're maybe halfway through the whole process. Um, the formal process began, I guess, uh, last, last spring. Uh, we submitted the initial proposal that uh, started the process off. Uh, Last July, they announced the hearing. The hearing began in August. It wrapped up um, at the end of January. And the next big deadline is April 1st, when the briefs from all the parties are due. The briefs are going to be sort of lengthy uh, summations of the 12,000-word hearing record that each party will put together to make once again in a condensed focused form all of their arguments for all the positions they are supporting and opposing. That will be sort of the official uh, substance that USDA will use uh, and will cite in its, its decision. Then around ju- beginning of July, there will be a recommended decision from USDA that sums up uh, Draws on all of those briefs and all of the anything that is necessary in the hearing record uh, that will support what their final decision is.
0: Stephen, go into a little more detail if you can, about the significance of USDA's July-ish announcement. After we do all the things
2: with the briefs, uh, get those put into uh, to USDA um, and provide everything the USDA needs to make this decision. They're going to come out with a recommended decision in early July. And that's really going to be the first time that we see what USDA is thinking. And largely, that's going to be what the final decision is largely going to look like. You know, we get this recommended decision in July, and then there's some opportunity for back and forth between the industry and the USDA. Uh, But there's really not going to be a lot of substantive changes, right? USDA is going to come out. With a recommend decision that they feel comfortable with implementing today. Um, so when it comes down to making the final decision, I don't think we're going to see too much deviation from that recommend decision. There might be a little changes around the edges um, if something you know is really a big issue with industry and a lot of folks kick up a lot of mess about it. Um, but we'll we'll get what will effectively be the final decision uh, in July with that recommend decision. So it's a very big step. Um, That's the next big, big deadline or next big step that we're looking forward to.
0: And it would be inappropriate not to note just how involved farmers and cooperatives have been in this effort. Um, We're talking more than 30 co-op experts testifying, more than 30 farmers. And those are just folks who are directly saying things. That's not the support That was given to formulating these proposals by the task forces this is not talking about the efforts of nmpf board members incredible farmer and farmer-led cooperative involvement in this peter stephen thank you so much for your time Uh, is there anything you'd like to add
1: yeah i just say stay tuned we're not going to know any as indicated we're not going to really know an awful lot until july 1st but once july 1st comes out you can count On hearing an awful lot from us about what the decision, recommended decision, looks like and what it will mean.
0: And we'll look forward to hearing what you have to say about it. We've been speaking with Dr. Peter Vitaliano, he's the Vice President for Economic Policy and Market Research, as well as Stephen Kane, Senior Director for Economic Research and Analysis at NMPF. Thank you for joining us. For more about NMPF's leadership in federal milk marketing order modernization, Again, you can visit our website at www.nmpf.org. You can also find the Dairy Defined podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Till next time.